coming up. It's a day six summer. That's next. <laughs> From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 678, for the week of May 21st, 2017. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson. Hey! Mary Jamalata Willie. Hello! Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there! And Tony Spatel. Hello! Alright, so... It's almost summer. We've got a week until all heck breaks loose at the Disneyland Resort <laughs> and Memorial Day. You so, mean worse than now? <laughs> and, right. Well, and also, you know, this weekend was a crazy weekend. You didn't want to be at Disneyland. So Mary Jo's going to tell us where else we could go for the summer. Right. No pressure. So... No pressure. Now, these are my own opinions, so I'll be asking <laughs> you guys what your top two, which are most likely different than mine. But, you know, I've always enjoyed exploring our backyard, being Southern California, that is. But in the past few years, um, my exploration adventures have also been with you guys, my our listeners in mind, taking on things that, that would be interesting to you, keeping that um, in mind, taking notes when I do things. Remember that one time you so, went bungee jumping? That was so cool. Well, except that I don't think Michael would have done it, so I almost went bungee jumping. Did you really? <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> I value I think, my life. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> that didn't par- I almost parachuted in my, in my 20s, and it was so funny because I was away at school, and I wrote home to my parents because it was $200 for lessons and six jumps, so it was a great deal. So I was going to do it, and I wrote home to my parents, and I said – Oh, yeah, on this day, there's a group of us. We're going to go skydiving. And I got a phone call. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't don't you dare even think about it. And so my my uh, my friends, they asked me, they said, well, are you going to listen to them? And I said, heck, yeah, they're paying for my schooling. And I wouldn't disrespect them that way. But that's that uh, that urge to do that came and went. <laughs> I've never wanted to do that mm-hmm. since then. And it was probably youth and pure not peer pressure, but peer suggestion. But um, that's not going to be one of the six-day adventures I'm going to uh, recommend. So, um, But some of the places that I, I have visited and either blogged about on the Diz or had a day six segment are, I've talked about the Rose Parade, the Observatory on Mount Wilson, the scenic route from D- LAX to Disneyland, which then led to my multi-segmented beach topics from Malibu down to San Diego. The Reagan Library, trip to Julian, which is a mountain town, and to Anza Borrego, which many of you would recognize from one of the last scenes in Soaring Over California. Remember where the horseback riders are oh, in the yeah. desert? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole drive is beautiful. Um, the local missions, Old Town in San Diego, Santa Barbara and Solvang, the Union Hotel, Kurt Russell's Wine Saloon, which is north of Santa Barbara. The various botanical gardens like the Arboretum, Huntington Library, Descanso Garden, La Brea Tar Pit, extended day trips, um, which were like days six, seven, eight, nine to Yosemite and Sequoia. Um, I've talked about the Aquarium of the Pacific, the San Diego Wildlife Park, and the San Diego Zoo, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, which I did recently, and a museum or two with, um, and I have, and there's more to come, like some of our local mountain resorts water parks and other things there's always um i'm catching ideas of finding different things to do here in southern california you, you've been busy i've been busy i love boy it. it's nice if you don't have a job <laughs> yeah i've been I, I've, I've been working 12 hours a day so when do i have time to do, no it's my house doesn't get clean because it's like i'm on research i gotta go do this for the kids <laughs> It's for the research. Do you wear a lab coat when you do all these day sixes? No, I'm well, the only one of us that wears a lab coat. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's, I think, but I think really what Mary Jo does in terms of research is, is better for, is more important for society. And, and so I think oh, what is it? It, it's important oh, in a different way. 
This would Nancy's be a good argument. <laughs> Come on. Saving lives as far as recreation, you know, so. Yes. Um, <laughs> and also I'm saying that because you mentioned a lot of San Diego things, so. Well, gonna... it's mental life balance, right? It's it's making yes. you happy and all the, all the different things. So, um, but in this show, I'm going to give you my top day six summer picks based on my personal experiences. So some of the adventures I went on are best suited for other times of the year. Like, of course, the road parade, Rose Parade, that's pretty obvious. But also the trip to Anza Borrego. I wouldn't send you guys now <laughs> um, to Anza Borrego. Um, believe me, summertime is not a good time to visit. Best time is is spring when it's just after a rain. Um, and you guys should come with me sometime there because it's really beautiful. Um, so my top choices, and probably in no particular order, would be the Sawdust Festival in Laguna Beach. You've probably heard me mention it a couple of times, but it's coming up. It goes from Friday, June 30th through Sunday, September 3rd. So it's all summer. Opens at 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Tickets are $9 for adults, $4 for children, 6 to 12, $7 for seniors. Uh, season pass is 18 bucks. An annual pass, because they also have a winter festival, is $24. I went to this a few years ago, and I'll be going again in June with my with my kids. It's their Mother's Day gift to me is to put everything aside and us spend the day together down in Laguna Beach and go to the Sawdust Festival and the other things there. Um so it's an art festival that's held every year in Laguna Beach, has arts and crafts from local artists. There's live entertainment, art demonstrations, there's classes. So if there's, it's kind of cool. If you have luxury of choosing when you're going to come, you can choose what type of art class you would like to do. Like there's jewelry making, there's glass making, um, there's just all kinds of different things that you can do there. They have some outdoor cafes also. And the festival has been around since the mid-1960s. So just picture, Laguna Beach is a, like an artist community, very eclectic down there. So just imagine how it was back in the 60s, very artsy and loose, we'll say it. Um, they also have art media that includes hand-blown infused glass, paintings, surf art, ceramics, clothing and textiles, wood art, metal sculpture, scrimshaw, photography, jewelry, and yes, I did buy some jewelry when I was there because I love local artists and I like to support them. And they have mixed media art, which is really, really cool. And those are like paintings and then they're like part 3D, part 2D and very, um, just there's just the imagination that they have. So if you do go to this, it's what it is, is it's an enclosed area. It's a eucalyptus grove that's been enclosed. So you can't get into the area until um, you pay. Just think of kind of like a large farmer's market type with a lot of booths and everybody showing their artwork or working on it. You can see them. Just think of like the, the, um, the glass blowers that they, well, they have them at Disneyland and they used to have them at Knott's Berry Farmer. They're getting rid of them pretty soon, but you get to see the artists at their, at their work. If you do go to this, I recommend going early in the morning and probably spending the whole day there. Um, have breakfast at one of the cafes overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Also, dinner would be great sitting over the Pacific Ocean because Laguna Beach is on cliffs, looking down on beaches and coves. It's beautiful over there. And if you go there and you, you're there at the right time, you could see the sunset over, um, go down the Pacific Ocean, which is really beautiful. My friends and I ate at the Greeters Corner, uh, called the Greeters Corner Cafe which was rather unassuming, but we really enjoyed it. And the greeter was this guy that used to just stand on the corner and the, the cafe's on PCH. So he would just stand on the corner and wave as people entered Laguna Beach for years. And so they called him the greeter and he's passed away and they now have, um, they put some footprints where he used to stand in, as in an homage to him for that. So we ate at that cafe, but they also have some like French bistros and other places to go eat. In addition to the Sawdust Festival, they also have the Festival of Arts and Pageant of the Masters. This is where they have live portrayals of famous paintings. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, uh, heard of Pageant of the Masters. But for those mm -hmm. who haven't, it runs from July 7th through August 31st. The theme for this year's living pictures or tableau vivants, what they call it, is the Grand Tour. So the Grand Tour is back in the 1800s when 
the nobility would go, let's say from England, they'd go off to Europe and they would travel around and, and get quote unquote cultures. They visited um, the different countries and saw those works of art. So what they do is they're going to have works of art from different countries last about 90 minutes for the show. And they have an act one and an act two. Um, this site, um, the website lists things to bring such things as binoculars because it's an amphitheater, it's an outdoor amphitheater. And a lot of guests, you're looking at this live portrayal of a beautiful work of art and it looks just like the painting. So people like to get their binoculars and look at the details of the people. Um, part of the, should I say, the talent is painting the people to look just like the art piece. So as the curtain opens up, it doesn't look like you're looking at real people. It looks like you're looking at a 3D depiction of a famous uh, work of art. So that's something that, um, that's one big thing that I wanted to do. So that's what we're going to go to this year. I've never been to it yet, but this is the year that I'm going to go. So besides the binoculars, they also say bring a jacket or blanket because even on hot days, California evenings can be cool, especially near the beach. And that's one thing my dad would always say is always take a jacket because once the sun goes down, it gets kind of breezy. And I'm kind of laughing because my friend and I went through something recently and I told her she didn't need a jacket and we were both. <laughs> and she we wouldn't let a, you forget it probably, right? Well, we went to an evening wedding and they had a tent and everything and it was really windy. And she's sitting there. She's like, I can't believe you told me not to bring my jacket. <laughs> so, and I'm going, my dad always, how could I forget it? You know? Um, and then the other, the last thing that they say you should bring is a seat cushion so that since you're going to be sitting there for a while, you could be nice and comfortable. So apparently they're uh, uh, just benches probably with no cushions. So on the grounds for the pageant of the masters. Oh, before I go into the other stuff, they always, always end pageant of the masters with a very famous work of art. Do you guys know what it is? Or the last supper. The last supper. So regardless of the theme for the year, they always end with the Last Supper. So you can just imagine all the colors and, and how it looks to see that. Um, besides the Pageant of the Masters on the same grounds, they have what's called the Festival of Arts, which is artists from Orange County. And it's a little bit different than the Sawdust Festival. It's probably a little bit more elite, I think. it's You walk around with your glass of wine and you go look at the different art and you're kind of with a different type crowd than you are with the Sawdust Festival. They are within walking distance. They're across the street from each other on this, in the same area. So you could do Sawdust Festival early part of the day, then finish up with Pageant of the Masters um, in the evening because the shows are in the evening. Because Could you imagine the actors painted and you have 100 degree weather, right? And you could see the paint melting off. and It would look like a El Greco type, type or Goya type painting. But um, it's a fantastic local culture. If you want to see what they do here in Southern California, this is one of the things that they do that that's us and the type of people who live here. Um, they do have food. Like I said, in the Sawdust Festival, I recommend going to downtown Laguna beach. It's walking distance, or you could take the shuttle. I think the shuttle is either free or it's a buck. It's really inexpensive because we took the shuttle a couple of times. Because the it is a little bit of a an incline to get to the Sawdust Festival from downtown Laguna Beach. But I recommend going to the Sawdust Festival in the morning, walk around, look at all the different art, and then go ahead and go downtown Laguna Beach and do some window shopping there. Go have a nice um, relaxed lunch over there. You can also go down into the cove to the beach if you want to spend the day down there. Like I said, it's really, really beautiful. And it's a part of Southern California. People talk about it and this is a good opportunity to go and see all the different things there. And then in the evening, go to the, um, the arts festival and pageant of the festival of arts is what it's called. And the pageant of the masters, um, Laguna beach is popular in the summer. So that's one of the reasons why I say get there early to avoid traffic issues and just, in, just plan on spending the day there. Um, you could leave. I would rather get there early and leave, leave earlier. But my recommendation is get there early, spend the whole day there and see pageant of the masters and make a full day of it. 
It's about a 35-minute drive from the Disneyland Resort. You take the 5 freeway south to the 133 west or south to Laguna Beach. So it's major major um, highways. The festivals are right on the highway before you get to PCH. And you find a parking spot either near downtown or at the festival. They have parking lots or you can park on the street for metered parking. My friends and I parked in the street, not realizing that we would spend so much time because we had such a good time there that we thought we were going to leave earlier in the day. And we ended up spending a good part of the day there, not even going to Pageant of the Masters. And so we probably spent more money with the metered parking than we would have um, with the flat fee in the parking lot. So that's just the recommendation that I have for doing that. So that's that's number five. Number four is Mount Wilson, the tour of the observatory. Um, the San Gabriel Mountains rise above Los Angeles to the north. And on clear days, you can see that flat peak with all of the antenna on top. That's Mount Wilson. Usually if you're looking at downtown LA and you look up, you see that flat ridge. I call it a peak. It's really a ridge um, where all the antennas are. Um, this is the location of the Mount Wilson Observatory, which was during the first half of the 20th century, the most famous observatory in the world. It had the largest lens at 100 feet diameter. And so much happened up there during that time. Um, back in those days, of course, you didn't have all the lights in LA that you have now which is um, the reason why the light pollution just doesn't let that observatory be as um, effective anymore. So now you have them like in Hawaii and Chile where you don't have that light pollution. But, but in those days, Einstein was there. And it's the first time that the Milky Way galaxy was measured and where they located Earth's position here, there. Um, the, one of, I believe one of the astronomers was Hubble. That's where they discovered the Big Bang Theory. Not the TV series, but, you know, the Big Bang <laughs> But that's what. So, so there's a lot that happened there. So a few years ago, I was driving around the San Gabriel Mountains, visiting old picnic and camping areas that we used to go to when I was a kid. And I saw the road to the observatory. And as a lark, I decided to go check it out. I was like, I'm not in a hurry. Why not? So I was, it was such a nice surprise. I got there and I see that there's this cafe called the Cosmos Cafe and this op opportunity to take a two hour tour for just $15. That's the current price. It was $10 when I went, but it's $15 now. Um, kids six to 15 and seniors uh, 62 and above are $12. Um, just note that children under six are not permitted. And I don't know why they're not allowed to. So you, your your family has to have at least six or or above. Because they'll get fingerprints on the telescope. <laughs> yeah. So that, like, what's that? It's, it's a moon. No, that's not a moon. That's a fingerprint. But um, you know, they probably don't want them to because there's walking and and stuff over there, and maybe they they think they'll get bored, and so they just they don't want the, that kind of distraction. So, like I said, the tour is two hours long, and you get these docents that are. Um, volunteers and they have this passion and this knowledge that they share and it's just super interesting the tours um, you do have to walk about it's like about a mile uh, during the tour getting up to the observatory not only the, the observatory they also have an array um, observatory um, which is still used today and they have a solar solar observatory that when I was there they were actually using it and he showed us how they showed sunspots and stuff like that so if there's people working in those observatories they let you see them at work the cool thing about this tour is you go inside the observatory you're standing underneath that huge telescope and you can see the um, the, the disc it came from France um, back in I'm going to say 1930 but it was around that time frame that they that they ordered this 100-foot diameter lens from France, and they had to ship it over, take very good care of it, and then mount it on this telescope. And the seat to see it is like halfway up the telescope. There's They climb up this ladder. There's a seat where they look down. So it's, it, it's just really cool. So the tours are offered on the weekends only from April through November. They depart at 1 p.m. sharp, and... That's when I happened to be there because I had lunch at the at the cafe, and so I was able to take the tour. Um, 
also from that area, there's a very cool view of Los Angeles. It's all spread. There's a parking lot and you walk to the edge of the parking lot and you see all of LA below you. You see the Pacific Ocean to the west, Catalina Island, if you're lucky and it's not so smoggy. You see uh, San Bernardino Mountains and Anaheim Hills that are just past Disneyland. So you can see all of that. And if you're there long enough, you have a picnic up there or, you know, just enjoy our local mountains because it's so beautiful. Um, you can even be there when the sun sets over the Pacific. And that's another beautiful view that you're going to see. It's kind of like having a 3D map right there in front of you. Just And it's fun to identify all of the, um, the um, sites like LAX Airport, Santa Monica, the Wilshire District, downtown. I need somebody like me who can print all this stuff out, but I really enjoyed it. Um, the Griffith, I'm sorry, the Mount Wilson Observatory is a little over an hour and a half. You take the five freeway north to the two north, right up to the mountains, and you'll be passing the JPL, uh, which is the Jet Propulsion Laboratory that Nancy was talking about earlier, and Descanso Gardens are on the way up there. So you look for the turn off to the observatory observatory to the right and it'll just say Mount Wilson Observatory and then you go on this dirt road um, which is pretty decent you don't need a four-wheeler to get to it it is kind of rustic to get there um, so that's that's number four obviously you guys can tell I really enjoyed that <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's it's in our backyard and there's right. just so much history and it's just so impressive that to do this you're, you're, um, number three you hold on one second your connection is a little bit off, so I'm going to hold on one second and let you answer a couple questions from Mixler. Um, going back to Laguna Beach, is there public transportation that would take you to Laguna Beach? That's a good question. Because I'm going to say probably not. Yeah, like it's it's still Southern California and public transport. Like I'm sure it exists, but it might take you all day. It would take too long to do it. And you're going down the 133 that I had mentioned is going through a canyon. So, and it's, you're, I doubt that there's buses that go there. The other option is to go from Disneyland to PCH and taking PCH, catching a bus. And like Tony said, it's going to take too long. It's better to take, um, to rent a car at the Disneyland resort for the day and then go do that. Um, and go do that. I mean, really, our like rapid transit isn't other than possibly trains isn't designed for. It, it's 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 just not it's just not good for those kind of things where you're going from through like two counties or one city to a, through another city to another city, and it it's like a bunch not of really different... used. They're not all connected. Well, they, right? it's all the OCTA, but okay. I mean, they they spend their they spent their money on the. Um, beautiful arctic so <laughs> obviously that's what but it's just really not like because i looked into it at one point when i was like right. riding my bike i'm gonna do exercise like it just doesn't make right. sense like when i when i go down for or when i'm gonna go to florida in a, in next weekend i'm gonna i'm gonna be in anaheim for a couple of days then get, then i get to get have to get to lax it's like okay do i want to drive and then have to drive to lax and park or do you want to take Amtrak and then take Amtrak and then take the bus from Ella from? No, I know. I it's like, it's I just... try all the time of ways to do it, and I right. just can't make it. Well, wait, I could do it if I come two days early and then spend two days traveling with public right. transit. Right. Like so. Well, and then coming home, I get in at like I don't know, like six, five, like between five and six o'clock at in the evening. But by that time, there mm. are no trains that will bring me home. That's There's, the same thing with going to San Diego for that team that used to play there. Uh -huh. um, the the train's coming back. <laughs> Mary Jo's you'd team. have to leave it. Yeah, you have to leave. <laughs> I've decided I will still root for them for now. So, anyways, that's a big that's a big uh, revelation right now. But um, what do you call it? They um, the you you couldn't get back. Yeah, like it works one way, but not the other way. And it, I've I found some interesting with things with Amtrak because some routes. Over over the grapevine, or, you know, from from L.A. to Fresno, is only is a bus. You know, normally it's bus over over the mountains and then train from Bakersfield to Fresno. But when it's not quite as busy, they'll just run a bus. 
you cannot, if you're booking through Amtrak, you cannot book a, a route that is only bus. There has to be some kind of train portion of your trip. That's Otherwise, you can't book it. So, like, that coming home that, where, whenever the heck I'm coming home, a Saturday night, there's a, a train, there's a bus that go, leaves at eight o'clock, but you can't book it. Unless I, like, went all the way back to Anaheim, and then Anaheim back to L.A., and then took the bus. But it's like, it's like I have to go go on the train for one stop, and then turn around and come back on the train and take the bus or something. And especially for Laguna Beach, it's so, like, through that canyon, I've driven there. It's it's a, it's a trek, so mm. it's, yeah, you just got to drive. Plus, it's a nice drive. Yeah. All right, number three. Okay, number well, I'm going to give an honorable mention just because you guys have been talking about trains. Mm -hmm. If you want to take a train and have a nice destination, then I'm going to say San Juan Capistrano Mission. Or the mission at San Juan Capistrano. I was was hoping you would say that. I'm giving it honorable mention. San Juan Capistrano is such a beautiful town, and you're going to be in Old Town, um, in the Old Town downtown area anyway. It's very picturesque. The train station, quote unquote, the stop, they, I think it's the, the train slows down and you jump out type station, um, is like a block away from the mission. So you can walk from the train station to the mission, check out those shops. There's this cool restaurant right across the street. I've eaten there so many times whenever I have to um, work in San Clemente or one of the southern southern towns. And we usually stop there and, and eat at that restaurant. has a beautiful patio and and um, light food. But um, it's just a really nice area. So, Tony, you've been there too then, right? Yes, because one year I taught fourth grade, and in the state of California, yeah, it's mission missions. grade. And you so we bet. did the field trip. Yep. And I think especially, I'm glad you said this one, and I was hoping if we went around what I would, what we would say, and of course it's in San Diego. But second to that mm-hmm. is um, as someone now that I've, you know, worked with teachers all over the country – they have no idea about missions. And so one thing that makes California special, if you're not already a Californian, is the fact that our history is so much built around those missions and the fact that you could take a great train ride and go see it. It's something that's special to California. And so, yeah, I would definitely recommend that. I mean, there are things you can get to by train, like you said, that or um, isn't like if you go to, to Union Station, isn't Olvera Street like right there? No, yeah, it's right across the street. Yeah. That's a 50-minute train ride, 45-minute train ride from Anaheim. To what, San Juan Capistrano? No, to downtown. Yeah, Yeah, it's about 25 minutes. No, it's not. It's like 45 minutes. Well, by the time it stops and then you get off the train and you walk. No, it's... It, point to point, 25 minutes. No, I, I take that train all the time. It You leave L.A. at 11 o'clock and you get into Anaheim at 11.50. Oh, okay, okay so I would I would recommend. Oh my gosh! And then stop at Cielito Lindo and have their taquitos and the guacamole sauce. That's yeah, so fine. good. But oh, wait, anyway, time out. We're, we're, time out. Wait, wait, no. This is very important. This is actually a historical thing. You, I don't know that you've ever mentioned that place, but my father remembers that place from when he came out to visit his aunt from Denver, Colorado. When my dad was like fifteen on the train, my grandfather used to work on the trains. And so my dad came out like in the 50s and went to El Cielito Lindo just for the taquitos. And he's come from now he's all clean eating, so he's probably not doing it anymore. But he still probably would for El Cielito Lindo. Would take the train from San Diego, get off, get the taquitos, get back on. <laughs> that's what happens when you're tired and go home. So nice. they're that good. So oh, they're I'm delicious. Yeah. But we'll talk more about that later. Maybe I will but, take um, the train. Okay. <laughs> you should sorry. stop. Sorry, sorry about that. Number three. Okay. So honorable mention was Sama Capistrano mission. Yes. Take the train. Um, you don't have to have a car to go visit. Beautiful. So number three is the Huntington library in Pasadena. Um, it's not a full day six because the gardens and library close around 5 PM, but it's such a treasure in our city. Um, you've heard about the big railroad tycoons that built the railroads from the east and from the west till they met, right? So the nephew of one of them was Henry E. Huntington, who used his money to buy museums. The dude was so rich. Um, he bought museums. I think he bought two museums when they would, 
were struggling for money and artifacts. And he created this beautiful library with his wife in Pasadena. His wife was really into the arts. And so I think she was a big influence in, on him. The library, um, you've heard me talk about it before. I've done day six, um, Give Kids the World fundraisers, where they, um, the recipients um, chose the Huntington Library and we spent there. So I've been there a few times already. And I'm always looking forward to go back there. Um, the library, it has, it's in three basic sections. One sections are the books. Then they, the two and three, sections two and three are, are the sciences. So one of the books that they have is the Gutenberg Bible. Okay, this, the copy that they have here is one of only four complete works on vellum. There's 49 um, Gutenberg Bibles left in the world, and four of them are on vellum. Three of them are complete, and one of them that's complete is at the Huntington Library. They also have part of a manuscript of the original Canterbury Tales. They have a, which was exciting. I think they have like three pages or something like that. And they, it's, of course, everything's protected behind glass. So, but when I saw that, I was so excited, you know, uh, they have a double elephant folio edition, which means it's a huge book of Audubon's Bird, um, Birds of America. They have a collection of the early editions of Shakespeare's works. They have original letters from our, um, presidents of the u.s like washington lincoln they have the a whole bunch of first editions in different languages of darwin's origin of species plus other books there's just so much um so much to look at in in that library and then they have a a vault that you can't go into you have to have i if i remember correctly you have to have three letters from three different professors at your university level school to get permission to go to do research in the library. They have, um, I think, 4 million books there. Um, and we only see, they rotate some of these books out so that they, they turn pages in them or they turn pages in them or they turn pages so that the, they don't fade and the light. And of course, it's climate controlled. And even though um, um, they have a special light, you know, you can't use your flash to take pictures. They do allow you to take pictures, but no flash. I'm because I do have pictures. I'm trying to think. Do I have pictures? Yes. The other, the science part has uh, anatomy and plan. Part of it's uh, the sky, and part of it is anatomy. So it's just really interesting over there. Besides this fantastic library, they have their house, the house that you can uh, tour through. In there, um, they have art collections, including Gainsborough's Blue Boy and okay. Lawrence's Pinky. They face each other. So when when my Nick took me there for Mother's Day, that's the first time that I went there. And when I saw the Blue Boy, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so excited. He had no idea. And uh, we ran into a schoolmate of his who was taking her mother there for Mother's Day. And I told her, I said, oh, they have the Blue Boy inside. And she got really excited. Neither of our kids knew what we were talking about. Believe me, though, it's a famous painting. Um, there's also, you know, you have this house and and this library, they're in the middle of these beautiful botanical gardens. And the botanical gardens, um, they have a desert garden, Japanese garden, rose garden, English garden, Chinese garden. There's also conservatory. And you go inside that building and they have a rainforest, a uh, cloud forest, which was really cool. This is a forest where it's not, it's the um, plants are, I'll say watered, watered. The nutrition is from the clouds. So it's so they have a cloud uh, effect in there so that to um, for the plants they have a bog down there and a lot of these plants have things where like hands-on um, experiments that lets you um, explore more. It's not you're not just looking at them; you're actually touching uh, some of these little experience experiments that they have there with these plants. I love that conservatory. Uh, pets are not permitted there's also no smoking um dining is available in a cafe or tea room uh you can't take food yourself there but you can also you know afterwards go have dinner in pasadena go to old town pasadena and check out that area and have something to eat over there um th that whole area because old pasadena is kind of the old it's the old money in los angeles and that's kind of 
part of besides Alvera Street. That's kind of where um, they start, where the first families moved in. So you have that type of architecture there. So the Huntington Library is about an hour drive from Disneyland. You take the 5 North to the 710 North to the 10 East, and then you take surface streets up. Or you could take the 5 North to the 110 North, pass downtown LA, um, go all the way till it ends, the Arroyo Seco. When you said Arroyo Nancy, it made me laugh because you're going to go, or Arroyo Seco is the real real name. See, I can't show my errors, so there you go. <laughs> you go th- you, you go there till it ends, and then you take the surface streets. I prefer that drive because you're seeing the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, but and they're really and pretty neighborhoods. Oh, my gosh, they're beautiful, these homes well, they have. They're there are so many arts and crafts movement homes in that area. There's um, at least one or two Frank Lloyd Wrights. There's at least two green and greens that I know of that I've been in. Um, and then something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just I, Huntington Library, again, just like I said that the, uh, the Wilson Observatory is a treasure. The Huntington Library is another treasure that we have in our backyard. Um, that's something different to see. Notice I'm not mentioning any theme parks. This is These are other things to do when you're here in L.A. Um, my number two on the list is a day at the beach. If you're down in the Disneyland area, I, I recommend Newport Beach. The reason being the waves are pretty mild there, whereas Huntington Beach, the waves are, they crash down on the beach. Newport Beach, the waves are just a lot easier. So you could take your family there, your young kids there, and not worry about them being tumbled um, over in the waves like you would at Huntington Beach. Both beaches, well, I'll concentrate on Newport Beach. You can rent boogie boards, nominal fee, um, and to go swimming out there. They have a little restaurant at the end of the pier or other places to go have a bite to eat along that area. You can rent bicycles. And this is what we like to do. We like to rent a bicycle, go to the end of the peninsula and then take the ferry for, I think it was a dollar when I went, it's probably maybe $5. Now you take the ferry to Balboa Island. You ride your bikes around there, stop and get some ice cream on their little main street. It's such a cute little area um, that they have over there. Or go have a bite to eat also. It's just a really nice area. I really like Newport Beach. Or if you go farther south, if you want to see something that's typical California, untouched, um, not raked, natural beach, then you're want to you're going to want to go to the Crystal Cove. When you go to Crystal Cove, they have these. I've talked about them before because I actually spent a weekend there um, back when you could actually rent these cabins. They're so um, in demand now, but they have these houses on the beach. Um, it's where they film beaches. So when they were on the beach, it's actually down there. They have these tide pools. They have this beach. They have this um, probably like a three-star type restaurant called uh, Beach Comers. That's the one where I thought that um, they were going to uh, play Reveille and bring the flag down because people were saying at attention, but they were raising the martini flag because it was happy hour time and they were playing the trumpet and everybody was standing at attention. So that's a really cool place or Ruby's Diner up on top of the cliff. So Crystal Cove or Newport Beach, if you're in that area, those are my picks. If you're more on the west side, like you're coming in and you're, you want to, um, you have time before you leave L.A. or you're in the Hollywood area, I recommend going down to the Santa Monica Beach or Venice. Go to the pier for a little bit, but go on the beaches and hang out. You have, besides the pier, you have the promenade on 3rd Street. Um, it has a lot of, again, shops, places to eat. It's just different. It's very L.A. Or go to Venice and go along the bike path that they have there. They have places you could rent bicycles where you can go riding up and down or just go on the beach and just hang out for that, for that view. If you want to go to a southern beach at the end of the 110 freeway, this is like where I live. I recommend Cabrillo Beach. They have a museum there. And if you go... Aquarium. Yes. The Cabrillo Beach Museum is really cool. I've never been to the museum. I've been to the aquarium, which is really cool. Yeah. Are you talking about Long Beach or Cabrillo Beach? Cabrillo Beach. Yeah. We used to take the kids on summer field trips from the Burbank Public School um, summer program to Cabrillo Beach Aquarium. And then we'd have lunch on the beach, which is where you talked about the, the Grunions. 
Right. And that's another, that's why I'm bringing this one up is because if you go at the right time of, of year in the summertime during new moon and I'm, and um, full moon, the grunion come up on the beach. The grunion are these fish that are about the size of anchovies. Um, we used to go at midnight, go to the beach and we used to catch them with our hands. It's really hard to do that now, but you can actually go there to Gabriel beach and they'll have you hatch eggs and you can go there with the, um, I'll call them docents, but it's the, I'll call them the beach rangers. And you can watch the grunion come up on the beach. That's, there's very, there are very few places in the world where they have this experience and Cabrillo beach is one of them. So if you want to try something, have you done that, Tony? Have you ever gone grunion hunting? Yes, I've done it in the late seventies when I was five or six and before it was politically correct and it was more nature, um, we bagged them up. My parents, they're from Michigan and Colorado, bagged them up and took them home and put them in the freezer, which obviously you can't do anymore. There were no like people in charge of anything. It's just, you. here they come, free fish. I know it's, 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 we just, just let it go. Anyways, no, we, and did, then, we did the same thing, Tony. It was, okay, it was good. back before they had that. Oh no, we caught the very first year we went, we caught 200 fish. Yeah. I remember I left my shoes and we had to go back and find yeah. them anyways. But, and then, um, okay. I was five and then, um, did it recently like four years ago yeah. and where they would have, it was like. The, where there was the docents or whatever we're going to call them, the grunion, the grunion whisperers. And they would um, tell everybody, like, be quiet. And then they would turn on the flashlights and let you see them. And then they would go. But when we went, it wasn't – there weren't a lot. So, I mean, it is nature. So it's not like you can get your money back or anything. But um, there weren't, like, tons of – yeah. I mean, I tried. I did – there was oh. a lawsuit. But the Grunion had really good representation. <laughs> um, no, but it's – yes, I've done it. It's a really interesting thing because it's only in California. It's right. a totally just – and One if, of those crazy if, California things. Right. And if you go during full moon, the, the sight of these silver fish coming out in the wave and their bodies glistening in the moonlight is just really beautiful. And when it, the, the, the subsequent years, I used to hang this every year. I used to hang, I used to like protect the females as they laid their eggs, you know, don't catch it, don't catch it. And it, we used to go swimming in the ocean and stuff. So this is something that you can do when you go to, to Cabrillo beach. So those are the, three but wait, there's a schedule though. It's not like there's specific days where they, they have them. Right. So you thank you for bringing that up. Cause you do need to look in, um, just Google grunion hunting schedule. And they'll show you it's it's new moon and full moon. And then they'll tell you when they have them at what beaches. And at Cabrillo Beach, you're not going to get kicked out because of the curfew that they have everywhere else. So that's why I talk about Cabrillo Beach. And then I if was, you go was, down in that. I always thought ahead. that Gren, Gren, that was like one of those fake things like snipe hunting. Oh, like snipe hunting? Yeah. No. It's legit. Yeah. It is it's real. Legit. And they're and like I said, I mean, if you could think of fish as beautiful, but seeing them in the in the moonlight at night is just it's a childhood memory that I just really treasure. Because, like Tony said, this is the only place in the world. There's a, I think, a couple other places, but Southern California, this is where it happens. You know, so it's really cool. And then you, can, I think you have just come up with the best new travel um, slogan for Southern California. Southern California, this is where it happens. You need to copyright that. <laughs> this is Disneyland edition. But if you if you're not going to go there for the grunion, you're just going to go to Cabrillo Beach. Then I recommend going to Portsacol and eating at Acapulco, uh, the Acapulco restaurant right there. You sit on the patio. You watch the ships come in and out of the L.A. Harbor. Uh, you can see if you go there on a Sunday, you see the Prince's Cruise leave and some of the other cruise ships. Disney ship used to go there, but they don't anymore. Um, that's a neat place to go or drive around Palos Verdes Peninsula. Check out. I mean, there's a couple of lighthouses. You can do whale watching. Um, they probably don't have whales this time of year. But if you go walking around, you can see the sea lions down on the down the cliffs. The Korean bill that was a gift. Go to the other side to Redondo Beach Pier and have have a, a meal at Tony's on the pier. Not Tony's Patel's on the pier. It's another Tony's. But it's a it's a very popular um 
seafood restaurant right there on the pier. Or if you want to have the Mexican, have El Torito and you can have tableside guacamole. It's really good. But that's what I recommend for um, a day at the beach, one of those three or four options that I gave you. And then we get to number one day in Los Angeles. Um, it's going to be either the L.A. or or Walt's Los Angeles tours that I talk about all the time. I've given I don't know how many of these tours myself. I love showing Los Angeles around. And um, sometimes we have these auctions for Give Kids the World. And um, people have bid on them. And, and I never take the money. It's always for Give Kids the World. Or I take my friends on these tours. But um, tour A, I'll call it, is just what we were talking about earlier. You take the train or you drive, go to Union Station. Union Station is beautiful, and they've just refurbished a bunch of it. And it's it, the mahogany. It's just old town Los Angeles. Right across the street is Alvera Street. Have yourself a taquito or, or see the shops. They open at 10. Then I would say go up to Griffith Park Observatory. See the Hollywood sign from up there, L.A. The observatory is free um, to go in. And you can spend an hour or two in there looking at all of the stuff there at the observatory they've had movies there for those of you who are movie buffs um from the observatory i've i've spent anywhere from a, a half an hour to two hours with friends i recommend going there right when it opens though because it gets busy during the day especially on the weekend and if you get there later in the day um you're going to end up parking down the road and you're going to have to hike up to the observatory I'm doing this with my hands, go up to the observatory. So it's always better to get there. I always say go there first. You can do that. From the observatory, I say go to the Hollywood and Highland uh, complex. Uh, you're going to visit that area. You have the Hollywood Bowl. You have the El Capitan Theater, the Chinese Theater. Check that area out. And then from there, go to the La Brea Tar Pits. All of this is it's pretty cool. And it's, and it's all... Um, you don't have, you're not backtracking. You're just, it's kind of like this, this route as a winding route that you do to see these sites. La Brea Tar Pits, you could spend anywhere from another 15 minutes to another like two hours. They have tours there that it's just so interesting. Again, in our backyard is this place in the middle of the Wilshire district that has the bones of saber cats, mastodons, and other whole bunch of animals. And even, um, indigenous person from i forget how old she is but really really old um i know it's thousands of years but i forget yeah. but anyway so they they have all of this in in these tar pits and when it's sponsored by or it's part of the Na museum of natural history when they get grants they start digging in the tar or they start excavating in the tar when they run out of money, they stop. And you'll see how far that they've gone over the different years. And they always put what they've found um, on this whiteboard um, showing what they found and where it, where they found it. So that, to me, is a place that it's like a must-do see. From there, I would say go to the Santa Monica Pier. That's the end of highway of um, the freeway, the 10 freeway, and also the end of Route 66. Um, this is if you don't do a, a beach day and you go to Santa Monica Pier, but I would recommend going there and, and just check out the pier for a little bit. Cool down. The weather is going to be usually really nice. And then from there, I would say end your day at Farmer's Market and have a bite to eat probably in the old part in Farmer's Market as opposed to the Grove. The Grove has upscale, which is really cool. Uh, sometimes you see uh, some celebrities there, but sometimes you don't. Um, but you But it's a very cool place to go to, especially when the sun sets and all the lights come on. It's really nice to go there. Um, we like farmer's market just because of the historical significance rather than the grove, but there it's all like one major, just think of like one long street and half of it is modern, beautiful, big fountain, dancing waters. And the other is historic. Um, they have, um, one of the old, old gas stations. Of course, it's not working anymore, but you can see what they look like and other things. It's just really cool to go over there. So I recommend that. Or this is a day in LA B is Waltz, Los Angeles. I've talked about this also. Check out all the places. If you're, if you're a true Walt Disney fan and you want to see the history and, and California Adventure Buena Vista Street doesn't do it for you, 
you can see where he was where he came to Los Angeles. You can see his first house. You can see where his uncle lived. Uh, you can go to the Griffith Park Carousel. It opens on the weekends at 11 a.m. If you go the third Sunday of the month, you can go to Walt's Barn at the Railroad Museum. They're all close to each other. But you can go to um, Tamashanter and have lunch or dinner there. Don't ask Tom because he won't know. But Tamashanter lunch someday, or dinner over there. Someday. <laughs> um, and you can also, some people want to go pay a, pay um, their respects to, they go to his grave. And you can visit the great mausoleum. Uh, Nancy did a blog all about that, which is just really good. And there's other things. You could go to the Disney concert hall. There's just a lot to see that's res that in respect to, to Walt. And I put together a map on Google that shows all of these places. If you would like a link to that map, send an email either to dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com or strictly or straight to me at maryjo at wdwinfo.com. I'll send you a link to that to that map. I'll probably put one together also for the uh, places in Los Angeles just to make it easier um, so that you don't have to figure it out for yourselves to do that. But those, those um, are some of the things that I recommend doing um, besides the theme parks on that day six. So let me ask around the room. I'll start with Nancy since you're local. Give me your top two. And it doesn't, you know, Nancy's top two things of what you would recommend for people to do um, if they go to Disneyland. This summer. This summer. Thank you. Well, Tom. I was going to say, um, I was trying to Google real fast the name of the beach. Um, but any of the beaches in Malibu, um, okay. if you want to do a really fun and unique beach on an early Sunday morning, um, leave out of the Disneyland Resort. Head up the 5, cut through downtown on the 101, and take the 101 to Topanga Canyon Road. Then um, go left or um, west towards the beach. To Topanga Canyon Road will dead-end you into the PCH. And you will go through some absolutely beautiful mountain canyons. Um and you will pass this little place in the, in the little city of Topanga, which is a very, very, very artsy community, um, you know, granola crunchy kind of artsy community. <laughs> There's a little place called the Inn of the Seventh Ray that serves an amazing Sunday brunch. And if you're vegetarian or vegan, they have tons of options for you. They also have meat items. Um, but the... It's an amazing Sunday brunch in a little beautiful outdoor um, outdoor restaurant with a little creek wandering through it. It's a very popular place for weddings and evening weddings. Um, and then head straight onto the beach. And there are multiple beaches in Malibu um, that are just great. Some are like down the cliffs. Um, and there's a lot of fun little places along there. There's a little um, strip mall. as And then go drive back down the PCH um, to, say, you hit Sunset Boulevard. And then you can take Sunset Boulevard back over and then, you know, eventually take the freeway down. You, you can take the Sunset back to the 101. It's a long drive. It'll take you right through Hollywood and all those but places that Mary Jo told you about. Yeah, so many interesting places on uh, off of Sunset. Um, so what's number two for you? Um, oh gosh, <laughs> don't put don't put her on the spot. Yeah, I'll come I back know, to you for number. No, I I was just saying we have so many fun museums and histories. I agree with with most of your top five. Cabrillo Beach was another great one. I, I had that one kind of sitting in my head. If you wanted a beach that was a little bit closer, very mild. And then, like I said, that little aquarium there is yeah. great. It is, for a small, low-budget aquarium, yeah. it's not, you know, the Monterey Bay Aquarium by any means. It's not the Aquarium of the Pacific by any means. But it's a great it reminds me of like the small Florida beach aquariums and some of like the, 
the the tourist aquariums that have popped up only not cheesy at all and really great messages about the ocean and understanding sea life and just really nice little place i agree with you thank you michael what about you Hmm, well, we're never there five days, so so we don't we don't we don't have a day six. So, um, I would probably do the Waltz um, Los Angeles tour. That's something I've been wanting to do, and uh, and I've always wanted to go to the Huntington Museum. So those would be um, my two. Those are those are two two really good ones, and and something I didn't mention, but I should have in the Waltz LA. You know, Bob Gurr gives those tours on the third Sunday. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to drive around, you could just go to the Griffith Park parking lot. Um, I think it was the zoo that we meet that he he meets, and go on that tour and hear his perspectives. Those are really cool too. So those are really good. What about you, Tom? Um, okay, so you stayed away from the theme parks, but that's exactly where I'm going. Um, okay. So we talk all the time about knots. It is so close. And then, of course, this summer they're bringing back Ghost Town Alive. So they've got, like, Streetmosphere characters basically wandering around Ghost Town starting next weekend through, throughout the summer where you can interact with the, with the sheriff or, you know, all these different characters. Um, they have that new soul spin going up that's up or that's open now. Uh, Soak City that Tony talked about is, is right in their parking lot. So if you wanted a water park, it's right there. And how far is Knott's from Disneyland? What, 20, 20 minutes? 20 minutes at yeah, the most. Like, yeah. like at the seven most. Seven miles. Uh, and a day pass for Knott's. Get it online. Uh, most you're going to pay is like 48 bucks. If you think you're going to go there more than once, uh, I think a pass right now is about $90, $92 for the rest of the year. Uh, so that's a great day six. Um, if you want to check out, you know, the old, what do they call it? The oldest, the world's, America's first theme park. Yeah. Uh, and. Tom, you're amazing. Like 6.8 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I drive it a lot. Um, oh. <laughs> and I used to, I used to take the surface streets and I don't know why. When it's so easy to just get back on the five, you're kind of backtracking, but it's way quicker. No, that's what it's, that's what Google Maps says. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, if you are really into the roller coasters, kind of further away and a horrible drive is Six Flags Magic Mountain, which has tons of little that are little that are little that are little pricier, $58. Um, and you may, if this is your one trip, you might want to want to spring for the for the flash pass, you know, the front of the line pass. Uh, this summer, they're opening a new uh, Justice League attraction, which is. Uh, kind of, it's an interactive laser l- attraction. I'm looking at the pictures of it. It almost reminds me of, um, Men in Black, uh, Alien oh. Attack at Universal Studios Orlando. That's um, a fun ride. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's, looks like it's, according to the, the, the sketches, it's six people in a car, three in front and three in back, um, you know, shooting lasers and lasers shooting back at you. Uh, it's supposed to be open in the spring, but I, hmm. I it's not open yet. So I, I'm, I'm assuming it's supposed to be, it should be open soon. And then, um, the revolution last summer, they were trying a, a virtual reality glasses on it. And I think they have a new one this summer that they're doing. So, uh, let's see. Justice League Battle for Metropolis is the new attraction. And then, um, the the other new thing is the let me see it. Um, I can't find it. Anyway, the virtual reality version of the revolution. So, um, and oh, Magic Mountain also does this thing where you where you buy one day and you get like forever for free. I think their oh. their theirs is like eighty three dollars. Uh, check their website because a lot of the times, if you're buying a whole family, then you get more. If you buy the, if you buy more than three passes, you get, um, Magic Mountain and the, the water park too, or you get free parking or you, and you get all kinds of, you know, different benefits. Sometimes you'll get, if you're, if you buy it at the right time, sometimes you'll get all the Six Flags parks for free. 
So just watch for the special. Sign up for the for the Six Flags um, Magic Mountain newsletter, and you you especially if you're you're coming out here once a year or something like that, or a couple times, might be worth it. When I was younger, that was the place that we oh, loved yeah, going yeah. to. We we used well when I was really younger, but before it was the the roller coaster <laughs> behemoth. When I was in grammar school, every back back before uh, this is for Californians back before Proposition Thirteen. Um, I'm sure some of you know what that means. Uh, I love it. <laughs> uh, we used to go on field trips. And we yep. every year, if you read a hundred books, you got to go to Magic Mountain. So very cool. Yeah. And very I remember cool. my well, mom got sick on the uh, what was the octopus? The jolly, the jolly monster. Oh, I remember the jolly monster. Mm-hmm. I think we, I think I went on that like three times in a row. That's what exactly what happened. The park wasn't yeah. busy, and the guys like, you guys want to go again? Wanna and you've got like three yeah! days going. Yes, yes. And my mom going, no, no. Yeah, I don't recommend going on that three times <laughs> no. in a row. Is that that's not still around, is it? No, it isn't. But that was so much fun. I love that. Thanks for bringing back that memory. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, and Tony, the, and what about orange, go the ahead. orange characters with green spots? Yeah, I don't remember those. Oh, because the, they had like their own <laughs> family of 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 mascots. Mm-hmm. This was before the the Warner Brothers came in. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> No, I was going to well, say, the the one that got me was the spin-out. I went on that eight uh, times in a row. Nice. Eight times. I was sick the rest of the day. Okay, Tony. I don't know that I ever went on that. That was the one, like, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't, you, you the floor dropped, right? Yeah, the floor dropped. Yeah. Oh, we had that. We had one of those at Six Flags Over Mid-America called Tom's Twister. Tom's named after, oh, then, then named they call after those, Tom Sawyer. They call those Roundup, don't they, in a lot of places? This was, they might. Yeah, this. Like I mean, the they state have to stick fairs, to the walls. Yeah. It's a center of yeah. a force machine. There's like the gravitron yeah. or whatever. The wall. The, yeah. The fair. Yeah. I used yeah, to I love don't... those things. I used to be able to do that all the time. Now, drama me, man. Drama oh, yeah. Well, I don't recommend eight times in a row, definitely. Mm-mm. But, okay, Tony, finally. <laughs> what, what, are, what do you recommend? What do you think I'm going to recommend? <laughs> Something in San Diego? Yes. The whole city. <laughs> um, but, no, really, because... Because I would take the train, and I would do uh, my number one would be San Diego. <laughs> my number two would be San Diego. It just depends on what you want to do. I think that it's first of all, especially for people that are traveling and don't want to drive with the traffic and all that. It the train isn't as scenic as everybody thinks it is, but it is once you get from past about San Juan Capistrano and go to San Diego, you get to see the coast. So that's nice and see the ocean. And then I would stop at one of maybe um, Carlsbad or Solana Beach, which is basically Del Mar. It's a political thing why it's not in Del Mar anymore, but it's basically right next door to Del Mar. And get out and you can walk around the shops or spend a day at the beach or do the, the hotel thing. Or my second would be going all the way down on the train into San Diego, like you said, with Old Town, but maybe doing some of the things downtown where you could have you have the Midway and then there's the Embarcadero and the waterfront and um those oh, would be my nice. yeah those were that's what i would suggest to do and again i have no financial relationship with the city of san diego <laughs> tourism department but i think i should get one so yeah i would say that just also because it's something different that we haven't mentioned but i just think um and then maybe a third would be go north and go to hollywood like if you're in orange county you have the opportunity to see the pacific ocean you have to do that. I think San Diego's beaches are better. Um, but um, that's, of course, that's just because I'm like, that's because I love San Diego. And then, or go to Hollywood. Like, if you have a day six, those would be the two. Take advantage and go to either Hollywood or San Diego just because you have the opportunity to. Very LA-ish or Southern California, right? Yes. Yep. So so there you go. You've got my top five and Five plus and and the team. I don't think we missed anybody on there, but um, lots. I I like that everybody had different ideas um, of things to do. There's just so much to do here, and this summer, um, when you come out, 
when I when I when I y'all come out to visit uh, <laughs> Southern California on I'm day infectious. six, <laughs> but um, come check out Southern California. It's it's beautiful out here, and yes, we do have lots of traffic, but that's because so many people do want to come out. Very cool. Thank you, Mary Jo. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. That's going to do it for the segment of the Disunplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disunplugged podcasts this week. And of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.